BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 455 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Do you bleed green? Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. This is Birds 365, hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack and join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! And a good morning, Eagle Nation. Appreciate you streaming in here on Birds 365 with the Mac and Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald on this. Now less than two-week Tuesday to when the Birds return to the field in the semifinals. They get to take a week off that everybody else is working hard. Well, at least the other 12 teams that are in the playoffs and not the Kansas City Chiefs. But you get my drift. Uh, the bye week is a big thing for the Philadelphia Eagles. But we've got to come up with storylines and topics to run by you guys before we ever find out who the Eagles will be playing after this weekend's playoff action. Um, Johnny Mack, I think yesterday I asked you about Nick Sirianni. You said uh, not going to be available, pushing his back his usual Monday appearance to Tuesday this week. They've got flexibility because they are the number one seed in the NFC. 
Um, anything uh, you're looking forward to out of Sirianni today? You think he got any curveballs to throw you, or are you going to be standard Nick operation? No, standard issue, standard Nick Sirianni experience today. Um, you know, understandably so. It's uh, they're in a good position, uh, they're exactly where they wanted to be. Now, maybe at the end of the season, didn't unfold the way people liked, but uh, as Nick will quickly remind you, you don't get extra. Uh, wins for style points so uh, they got where they needed to go the Super Bowl goes through Lincoln Financial Field Um, they're getting healthier um, at a right time CJ Gardner Johnson being back um, uh, that's a big get back Lane Johnson expected back for the playoffs Jalen Hurts expected to be healthier for the playoffs so yeah it's all it's all positive from the head coach's perspective. And um, I think he's right, to be honest. I think, you know, I, I was thinking about it. I, I kind of stepped back, Jody. And I, you know, the NFL, I think a lot of its popularity is fueled by the time in between games because that's why we exist here, right? You know, everybody gets so in the weeds. You're a baseball guy. Now, you know, managers, get second guessed all the time but guess what there's a game the next day usually and people move on and turn the page to the next day and the nba might be a couple days but they turn the page pretty quickly uh there's there's constant looking and over analysis and paralysis by over analysis and you know now it's even picked up further because they have a bye week so we're going to go through all this and it's fun and it's all that but this is the best team in the nfc by a wide margin, it has been for the entire year. You know, I went through the PFF rankings. They grade 13 categories, so it's final. Um, I believe, you know, 12 of those 13 categories, they're in the top half of the NFL, top half. Nine of those 13, they're top 10. They're the number one overall team, basically, from start to finish. Kansas City was very close, uh, but they were the number one overall team. I mean, and the NFC side, Jody, man, it's it's never been easier. Never been easier when you look at it from the perspective of of the quarterbacks and and the potential roads. And I always say you can talk yourself into things in the NFL because everybody has good players. Everybody has good players. This is not TCU versus Georgia. This is you're not going to see that kind of, of of mismatch in the NFL. Even if you want to go all the way down to Chicago, people will talk that you know they've the number one overall pick. They're the worst team. Or if you want to go to Houston, um, which Lovey Smith screwed their ability to get Bryce Young, um, it, it, they all have good players. So you can talk yourself into a lot of stuff. But the Eagles have more good players. So they're in a good position. They're in a very good position. They are in a good position. Um, yeah, San Francisco is the only team that's uh, scaring me at all in the NFC, upcoming NFC East playoffs. You mentioned the Bears and the Texans because the Eagles got to play both of those teams this year. Played them both on the road. Played them both in games that might have been a little bit closer than Eagle Nation felt comfortable with. But, of course, they won both games, seeing as they went 14-3. and They weren't losing to a team of that magnitude. Uh, I think 
it ended up, uh, like you said, end of the season, you can do some uh, final calculations, PFFs, grades for the overall season. Well, one of them that you can do is uh, strength of schedule because strength of schedule varies. As we go through the season, it was like, oh, they're undefeated because they haven't played anybody. Well, that wasn't true. It was overstated for sure, and it wasn't exactly true. But they finished up the season. Eagles played the 23rd toughest schedule out of the 32 teams in the National Football League, which is not tough because they had the Bears and Texans, and the, the schedule falls the way it falls. Well, one of the things that happens at the end of the season, and we can do that here on Birds 365 because – if uh, we were one of the 12 teams that are going to be playing this week, we'd be narrow focused on the opposition for the big game coming up over the weekend. We can't do that with the Eagles because we don't know who the Eagles are going to play. So we can take a look at something like the schedule next year. As soon as the season's over and done with, you know, you're playing the following season. The only thing you don't know are the dates that those games are going to be played because it's a schedule that they put into a formula and uh, you know immediately who you're going to be playing. Have you seen the Eagles schedule, J Mac, for next year for 2023? Yeah, I got a, I got a bunch of, uh, a bunch of. Uh, oh, look at how difficult it is. It and, is. You know, I got, a, I got a bunch of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't buy into that for for this reason, Jody. I mean, how many, how many teams are in the playoff? The NFL sends this out every single year, right? How, how many playoff teams were not in the previous season's playoffs? Every single year. Right. There's a it's, turnover. It's, it's 2020. It goes all the way back to 1990. But in recent years, we'll go back, you know, 2017 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And by the way, they weren't in the playoffs the year prior. Eight teams. Eight teams uh, were – not in the playoffs in 2016, but we're in the playoffs in 2017. 2018, seven teams. 2019 was the worst year, only five. 2020, seven. 2021, seven. 2022, seven. So, you know, I everybody assumes because you're good one year, you're going to be good the next. Now, there are teams like Kansas City with a consistent standard of of, of, you know, they're going to be good. Um, you know, the head coach is a big part of it. The quarterback is even more of a big part of it, to be honest. Uh, you have that consistent standard. You know they're going to be good. There are a few teams like that. Man, there is so much upheaval in this in this league from season to season. If if whoever whomever gets Bryce Young, if Bryce Young turns out to be a, a star right away, you could have Chicago or Houston in, in the playoffs. That's how drastic it could be. That's how quick it could be um, in this league. So, yeah, I got like 10 Twitter. Th- oh, my God, how difficult it is. First of all, you know me. I'm saying, hey, how about focusing on a 14-win team that's going to make a run potentially to the Super Bowl? Worry about that a little bit later. But the second part is, I guarantee you the number is going to be that that we we can put the floor at five, but it's probably going to be seven because it's been seven the last three years, the last three seasons. That's how many different teams are going to be in the playoffs. So you could look at the easy team and say, oh, we're going to it's not that way in the NFL. Understood. But I think it's worth noting. You're right. You need to reanalyze. This is 
isn't because you uh, look at the uh, teams today and you see that 11 out of their 17 games next year are against teams that made the playoff this year. I, I, that, I certainly think that's worth noting. The fact that they have the number one strength of schedule on paper going into next year is worth noting. And then you readjust as the season's ongoing. You go, all right, these weren't as good as we thought. Damn, like a team like the Rams. They only have two games out of the 17 where they're facing a team that was worse than 7-10. and 10. The Jets were 7-10. and 10. They finished last in their division. Uh, but they're, they were not all that far below 500. The only two games they got against teams that were well below 500 were the Rams and the Cardinals. Now, who knows? Maybe the Rams, Stafford stays healthy. Uh, the coach decides to stick around, and they get it turned around next year. They're only one year removed from being a Super Bowl-winning team. So even the teams that are look like lesser lights on the schedule could jump up. It goes both ways. Both teams that you think are oh, going to yeah. be good don't achieve, and things teams that you think, all right, well, they're buried. They stunk this year. They can jump up and become very good. I'm just noting that on paper, it looks like a very tough well, schedule. Well, uh, we could do it analytically. Uh, Alec Hallaby, I'll give him a hat tip. Uh, you know, there's 14 playoff teams, right? So there's seven new ones the last three seasons. So that means 50%, what did you say, 11? 50% of that 11, you can't get the 50, so five and a half of those teams aren't going to be in the playoffs. Hopefully that's not the Eagles. That's what you got to be concerned about, the consistent standard of, of being a good football team. I think the Eagles are set up to be a good football team for a, a while because they have a good head coach and they have a good young quarterback. Um, but that's what you got to worry about. And we are, you know, we're in hiring season now. So there's five teams looking for head coaches. 60% of them already asked to interview Shane Steichen. You know, already the the rumors are fueling in Houston about John Gannon. Um, you know, there are a lot of things that can go south. And when you start to lose good coaches, uh, you know, that's going to affect you. There's a lot of things. The Eagles are in that category as well. Um, there are going to be 50% of the teams in the playoffs this weekend, starting this weekend, that aren't going to be in the playoffs next season. And that's, if I were an Eagles fan, that would be my concern to make sure the Eagles have that consistent standard. If they play like they did this year, they're going to win 12, 13, 14 games again. Right. It's, uh, I'm not even going there, but I just thought it was of note that we should uh, uh, take a peek at the schedule that they have next year. Because you're right. And there are teams that made the playoffs this year, won't next year. Like I said, St. Louis, uh, the, the Rams. They didn't make the playoffs this year, but who knows? Maybe they jump right back up and they become a 12-win team again next year. So while you lose teams, you also have the potential of adding teams. And the Eagles, of the teams that are on their schedule this year, They've got the best record of winning percentage from this season going forward to next. And that, that's what happens when you finish in first place because three of your games are determined by where you finish. So you're playing other first place teams. In this case, for the Eagles, it added Minnesota and Kansas City, a 13 win team and a 14 win team. Yeah, that's the price you pay for uh, winning a division like the Eagles did this year. All right. Uh, you brought up uh, the already requests going out for Eagles coordinators for the only five, as of right now, only five coaching openings, which, again, in compared to previous years, is a little on the light side. Usually it's seven. Sometimes it's getting up to eight on a really 
turnover year, it can get even as high as 10. On a lesser year, it'll be down around four or five, and it's a five right now, which means as of now, it's a lesser year. But remember, it was only a couple of years ago that the Philadelphia Eagles decided to change their coach. They didn't do so till a week after Black Monday. Yesterday, it's, oh, everybody gets fired around the NFL. Well, the Texans beat the bunch by firing Lovey Smith on Sunday night. And we already had a couple of job openings. Teams really beat the Christmas rush and fired guys in season. So Black Monday didn't turn out to be all that black, except in Arizona. Um, but the uh, desire to talk to Eagles coordinators has already begun. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen, both to the Texans. Two more teams reach out for Shane Steichen's availability. And, you know, I told you here yesterday, hot take of the day. I think Shane Steichen could get the Texans job over Jonathan Gannon for one reason and one reason only, John. It's an offensive league. And Oh, when- yeah. Well, that's – I say it all the time. I mean, defensive coaches have a extra hurdle because most of the teams are going to be looking for an offensive coach. Um, and that's why you have Shane getting, you know, 60% of the teams. And so far, Jonathan's only gotten – uh, one request. It was pretty amazing. He got three requests last uh, year. He interviewed with Houston, uh, Denver, and Minnesota. Now he had a history with Minnesota, so you can understand that. When he had a history with Denver from the perspective that the ex-assistant general manager in Minnesota went to Denver. So that's how these things happen. Sort of, you have these relationships and uh, people want to talk to you and 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 you know, relationships are everything in this league. And that's why I think, you know, if Jonathan's going to get a job, it's Houston because he's got a tremendous relationship with the GM there, which is Cleveland based. Um, And that's why I think he's such and and, you know, Aaron Wilson, who's about as plugged in down there as anybody. Well, I always say John McClain, our buddy on the show is even more so, but uh, Aaron's very plugged in as well. You know, he speculated on Gannon right away. That tells you a lot. Um, and again, it's got to do with the relationship of the GM. And who knows, you know, Nick Cesario, who knows how much power he has down there. He hasn't been knocking it out of the park um, himself. So who knows how that will go with Shane? You know, Shane's a, a hotter guy now. And it was the opposite last year. Shane's one, because offensive, two, because of Jalen Hurts' development. Uh, and he's a big part of that. Uh, and people around the league notice it. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, what helps the Eagles, the, about the only thing that helps the Eagles in this coaching carousel is the fact that they project to have a deep run in the playoffs. And a lot of these Usually organizations looking for coaches, usually not all the Eagles being a perfect example when they moved on from Doug Peterson, but most of these organizations are, are bad organizations. They're in the position for a reason. Some of them consistently like Houston and they make bad decisions and they get rushed and they, they feel they need to do things quickly and they jump the gun and they, and they, a lot of times you see it, the the teams that go to the Super Bowl, their coordinators, you would think, would have the best opportunities. A lot of times they're kind of blocked out because people don't have the patience to wait. So the longer 
the Eagles go, it's probably the better for them to keep their coordinators, to be honest. And it happens every 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 year in this league. And there's going to be a couple more. I think the Rams are going to be looking for a coach. I don't think Sean McVay wants any part of a rebuilding. And who knows? You might have another curveball. So, um, yeah, Eagles keep winning. It actually helps. Yeah, uh, their availability, they're going to take advantage of it this week and get their interviews in. But uh, as far as second interviews go and uh, potentially making the offer to uh, one of their two coordinators to take over as head coach somewhere else, uh, can't come uh, quick enough. But I will, and I know this would be really difficult to uh, look up. One of the reasons why, uh, despite the relationships, I don't think Gannon's going to get the Houston job is, when was the last time a team in the NFL – fired a defensive coach. And when I say defensive, uh, tied to the defensive side prior to being the head coach and then hired another defensive coach. That just doesn't happen. If a defensive coach gets fired, I'm giving you off the top of my head, 95% of the time, the next head coach is going to be an offensive guy. And that's a pretty steep number for Jonathan Gannon to be get to, to get over. That's why I said, I think Steichen's got a better chance that that got that gig relationships aside. You just don't go back-to-back defensive coaches. It doesn't happen in the NFL. It hasn't happened in two decades. Uh, I, I Normally, you're 100% right, Jody. Um, there's a pendulum effect. But I would be careful with Houston for this reason. Um, it's not a typical situation. Uh, I don't think they hired the coach they wanted to hire because they didn't have the courage to, to, to handle the criticism. Um now, that could have been Jonathan Gannon. That could have been uh, Josh McCown. It was one or the other. So they're a little bit different than the typical, we're just moving on because uh, we we screwed up and we're going to go in a different direction. Same thing with sort of disciplinarians versus player coaches. You usually have a pendulum effect with that as well. Um, so Houston is, is a little bit different uh, because – They've been so screwed up for the past couple of years. They're just trying to get a leader, uh, trying to get somebody to lead the organization. Um, it's not the typical situation. Denver as well, because I think they're going to go with an offensive coach after hiring an offensive coach. But Oh, offense you know, and offense happens. Defense and defense doesn't happen. Yeah, in the and, NFL and, and, and Nathaniel, Nathaniel Hackett was such a disaster. They're just going to try to erase that from history. Uh, and just try to help Russell Wilson out. So I think, you know, I'm a little surprised they haven't. They're not one of the teams that has asked to talk to Shane. I'm a little surprised by that. But so You wanted um, 80% of the openings to yeah. involve Shane. Well, ev- everybody time. works off the same list. That's the joke of this league. Everybody works off the same list. But I see D-Gun. We got to get the D-Gun. Derek Gunn, our very own, is going to join us next. Yeah, you'll hear him in a couple hours uh, on uh, his show, which is phenomenal, by the way. But most importantly, he's going to be here with us. And he's coming up next. Derek Gunn, jumping aboard. Birds 365. Stick around. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, 
We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero Down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their social security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Your Mac and Mac guys, McMullen and McDonald. We're joined by a fellow Jacob host. You got him in the afternoons here on uh, Sports Take and, of course, on Sundays with his boy, Seth Joyner. We just played the promo. Uh, and Mike Missanelli and Devin Caney on the Eagles postgame <laughs> show. Our buddy uh, Derek Gunn jumps in with us. And I hadn't realized. D Gunn, you did not make an in season appearance. The last time we had you on was preseason. Why does it seem like it hasn't been that long ago? Well, from what I was told, both you and John McMullen uh, deliberately blocked me from the show. I don't know what I did to offend you both, but I understand. And and because it's a new year, I have a new attitude. I will not hold any grudges against my fellow man, nor my fellow cohorts here in the Jacob Sports Media Machine. Uh, we right, you got to take a ball. I'll take yeah. the bullet because I it, it's uh, we both booked, John and I both booked the guests. Um, but uh, I, I was the guy, you know, we haven't had D gun on forever. I brought you up yesterday, so that's on me. That's my bad. I'll, I'll take the blame for that one. Shame on us. We should have had you on uh, sooner. My bad. 
That's okay. No, that's okay. I understand. You guys have a great show. You don't need me. It's understandable. Oh, we need D Gun. Come on. <laughs> I, I desperately. I'm going to hang on to you like a life raft right here. D oh, Gunn. man. Oh. Hey, and a belated happy new year to both of you. Hey, same to you, big guy. Same to you. Um, well, you know, it's an exciting new year. The Eagles uh, got the number one seed, obviously. Uh, maybe not with the style points mm-hmm. a lot of the fan base wanted, but. You know, I, I've taken kind of a step back over the past uh, mm-hmm. couple of days here, D Gun, and man, they're set up. I I'm 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 not concerned at all. I sit here and look at this path, potential path, mm-hmm. and there's not too many teams on 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 this side of the bracket in the NFC right. that scare right. me, especially at Lincoln Financial Field. The one exception would be the San Francisco 49ers, who I think have a very Good team, very well-rounded team. But I'm sorry. They have a rookie third-string quarterback starting. Yes, if yes. I'm a son Reddick and I'm those guys on the defensive side of the ball, I I want to be, I want to be the team to knock him off the 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 peg, so to speak. I'm very curious uh to see how he handles the bright light and the pressure of postseason play. Uh, compared to regular season play, the intensity and the the pressure is magnified tenfolds because you're one and done. You know, if you make minuscule mistakes during a regular season, obviously you have the next game to to fix and tweak whatever mistakes that you've made. Um, you don't have that luxury now, and you know teams are going to come at him differently. You know, they have enough game tape on him now. Um, to, to do whatever they can to try to rattle him. But I will, I will say this, as I've said, you know, for consecutive weeks leading up to this point, you know, kudos to Kyle Shanahan for what he's been able to do in terms of getting this young man settled in a hurry and the team as a whole not missing a beat. When you think about when he took over this team, it was at a crucial juncture against, a, a, which was a really good uh, Miami team. And, you know, Garoppolo goes down the second series of the game, and you're thinking, who the heck is Brock Purdy? Brock, yeah. He doesn't even have a football name. This kid, <laughs> this kid comes in, and the machine keeps rolling. And here we sit. They've won 10 in a row. Okay. And I've had a chance to see him play two, three times between that moment and, and now. And this kid – they, they let him make all the throws he can throw on the run. But when you, when you look at the wealth of talent he is encircled with, and now Debo Samuel is back, you know, the, the, I think the biggest plus for them was that trade they made for Christian McCaffrey was a crime. I don't know who allowed yeah, that trade. That, uh, you're right. <laughs> yeah, but that, that, was a, that was a crime, you know. Um, <laughs> and, and so it only enhanced that offense that much more. But you're right. That young man uh, will get his feet wet. Uh, this weekend at home, but eventually if they keep winning, he's got to go on the road and he's got to come here to face this defense, which is arguably as good of a defense as that 49ers defense. Yeah, I can't believe you guys are going to make me play devil's advocate and sing the praises of Brock Purdy defense. Usually I'm the San Francisco guy. (laughs) One, uh, right now, uh, the guy who's probably going to win the MVP, Patrick Mahomes, finished with the second best quarterback rating. And yes, I readily acknowledge quarterback rating is an imperfect way to look at quarterbacks, except for every other one. It's the best of a imperfect lot. Mahomes is at 105.2. J. 
Jalen Hurts yeah. is third. Tua actually hung on and had the best quarterback ranking, believe it or not, even though he finished the season as badly as he did. Jalen Hurts, 101.6. Brock Purdy, 107. He's got a better quarterback rating than either Patrick Mahomes stop, or stop. Jalen Hurts. Nah, stop. Stop. I'm going to be stop. Stop. What do you mean, stop? The numbers stop. are the numbers. Stop. He didn't play the whole season. He didn't come close to playing the whole season. Correct, um, but you can only judge him on the plays, the, the games that he nah, did start, right? That, to but, call that number imperfect is 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 a disservice to imperfect. Um, you know, it, 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 I, I'm looking it up real quick. Yeah. Just from the film, uh, Profo has him 15, which is pretty good. You know, 15 of 38, which right, is right. pretty good for Not a second. I mean, solid. Um, but, you know, when Mahomes and out, they're asked to do more. Kyle's protecting him. Kyle's the best schemer. Yeah. Well, maybe Andy, but if yeah. it's not Andy, it's Kyle. You know, he's doing a lot of things. And that's part of it. I, I mean, he deserves credit yep. for picking up the b- b- baton. He's played better than Jimmy Garoppolo. Absolutely. He's played better than Trey Lance, so he deserves a lot of credit. But, yeah, he's not better than Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen yeah. or Joe Bar or yeah. Jalen Hurts or, um, you know, the good quarterbacks in the NFC, Dak Prescott. Um, who? Who? Yeah, exactly. Kirk Cousins. That's where you go. And this is another reason for optimism, D-Gun. Right. In the AFC, you got you got the murderer's row. You got oh, yes. Mahomes. You got Burrow. You got Justin Herbert. You got Josh Allen. In the NFC, yeah. who's the second best quarterback? Kirk Eagles Cousins. Have the best. Yeah, it's Kirk. Kirk Cousins. Or Dak. Dak is, I I probably still put Dak ahead. I I know people in this town hate Dak. Yeah. By the way, trivia question for you guys: Uh-oh. What did Dak Prescott and and CJ Gardner Johnson have in common? I had wow. no idea. They, they both came they, out the same year. They led the league in interceptions in both. Oh, oh. <laughs> very oh. good. But um, that's a good and, one. And oh, by the way, no, you didn't do it to me again, McMullen. Um, yes, uh, the, the Dak Prescott led the league in interceptions despite missing five games. And there are some stats yeah. that are pretty ugly for Dak Prescott. I'll give you another one. He's eight out of his last nine and starts against the Philadelphia Eagles. Do we do we not factor that in? Oh, I, like, just... I think Dak's a good player. That's I just good, said yeah. Dak to yeah. me is the second best quarterback on the NFC side. I, 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 know, I he's, know he's had some bad games, but I would put him ahead of Kirk Cousins. I don't know what's going on with him, but uh, I've looked at several of his past games and some of those interceptions, he basically telegraphed, you know, yeah. uh, the one he threw this past Sunday, you could, he never looked off the primary receiver. And as you see, the DBs converged. Why would you throw in that window? Uh, and the ball he threw was slightly behind the receiver, right to the, the defensive back. You know, I don't know what's going on with him in terms of seven interceptions. I mean, interceptions in seven consecutive games, in 15 and 12 games for Dak Prescott. And, you know, years past, we would applaud Dak for being a good um, protector of the football. He's been anything but that. But, you know, Jody, that that stat does come into play. Some players, some teams just play better against certain teams for whatever the case may be, you know, uh, especially within a division. You know, whatever the case may be, that seems to be the case. Uh, if the you know, first of all, I don't even think Dallas is going to survive Monday night against Tampa. To be honest, oh, you know, the, the way that the way Brady's a, slinging that yeah. ball now, and, and you know, and, and Mike Evans seems to be back. 
I, that's going to be a tough one. I, I don't, I don't know that if you're a betting man, Dallas should win that game, but because of the way Dallas stumbled to the finish line, because of the way uh, Dak has been playing for the much, for much of the season. And you go back to that last game, Brady just had dropping dimes to Evans, you know, Anybody playing Tom Brady in a postseason game? Yeah, you, you better well, bring you know, game. You better I think game. you got to win that. If you're Dallas, I think you got to win that game in the first 55 minutes. In other words, you can't let Tom be close no, and, and no. have the football. Then With you're two in minutes trouble. Left. Yes, but they should be good enough to to have that game in control uh, when there's three minutes left and Tampa gets the ball. But we'll see. I mean, I think there's a chance for upsets. All over in the NFC, with the I exception agree. of San Francisco. San Francisco is going to beat Seattle. Yeah. Everybody else, even Giants against Minnesota. Look, Minnesota should win the game, but uh, Giants played them tough. Yeah. Yeah, played them I mean, very tough. It wouldn't Christmas shock Eve. me if right. the Giants win the game, is what I'm saying. It wouldn't shock Dallas should win the game against Tampa, but it wouldn't shock me if Tampa wins the game. I, I will um, say this, John, because I've said this uh, numerous occasions on uh, Sports Take, that when you look at the way the, the the entire season has played itself out in terms of who you expect to win and, and expect to lose, I would say on an average there's been three to four games every week over the 17-game season where you sit back after the, the week is complete and go, I didn't expect that. I didn't see that coming. you know. And I expect the playoffs to be the same way especially because every game in a wild card weekend is a rematch from the regular season, which is, which is interesting in itself. Every, every matchup, the opponents have played each other already. So they're very familiar with each other, which means they're going to be throwing a kitchen sink at each other as well. And I, you know, as we, as you just said, always expect the unexpected based on what we've seen this season leading up to wild card weekend. And Oh, by the way, one of those matchups is the Ravens and the Bengals and the Bengals beat them twice. And that would come damn close to shocking me. If the Ravens this week with either Lamar hasn't played in six weeks, Jackson coming off the bench. We saw Jalen Hurts this week and his level of play after being out for just two weeks. It yeah. wasn't up at the level we thought it was going to be. Now there's an injury added in much like Lamar. There's the injury added in. If he plays, I don't know how much faith I have in him. If Huntley plays, I know I don't have any faith in him. So add that one to your list, Johnny Mac. Yes, San Francisco is going to beat Seattle. Yes, Baltimore is going to beat uh, yeah. excuse me, uh, Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Going to Baltimore too. Yeah. Um, D-Gun, a lot of concern over the last 24, 48 hours because the Eagles didn't get those style points, didn't have the blowout win that people wanted against a backup-filled giant lineup. What's your biggest concern with the Philadelphia Eagles? 10 days out, 11 days out uh, before they're going to play. Don't know exactly what the day is going to be. Don't even know who the opponent is. But you can evaluate your own roster. Going into that game, whoever it may be against, whatever it's played, what's your biggest concern? Getting Lane Johnson healthy. It's obvious Jack Driscoll is not the answer on the right side. And for whatever reason, they don't want to move Malata to the right side and insert Andre Dillard. Um, it, the, the numbers are staggering in terms of the Eagles' win-loss percentage with uh, Lane on the right side compared to him not being there. Um, now, you, you would think, okay, a quarterback, maybe a wide receiver, running back, but an offensive lineman having that type of impact on the success or failure of an offense, 
um, is just astounding in a lot of ways. Um, I think they need Lane back desperately to stabilize that right side. Even Lane is 85% is 100% better than Driscoll on that right side. <laughs> I've, al- I've always said Jack Driscoll is a, is a better offensive lineman moving forward in the run game than he is setting up the block. And I think the last two games basically ha- have shown that. So for me, I would say ironing out the little kinks, you know, because for three consecutive weeks, we've heard Nick Sirianni and Shane Steichen tell us, you know, I've got to do a better job in play calling. I've got to do a better job of this, that, and the other. Okay, well, you know, a lot of times when you start leveling off like that, you start to see patterns that are consistent and and ruts you get in that you cannot get out of. So I'm so elated that this Eagles team has that extra week to figure it out. You know, whereas Nick Sirianni gave the team a few days off this week, I heard Jalen Hurts was behind closed doors yesterday with Sirianni and Steichen going over film. Now, the biggest concern to me, to re- the thing that really caught my ear was Sirianni in his postgame when he said Jalen was really hurting. Yeah. And as, and as I said well, prior – I was surprised. Yeah. Because you, John, everything. as you know, yeah, yeah. John, as you know, he keeps – you're right, keeps everything yeah. close to the vest, doesn't reveal anything. But as I said prior to that Dallas game on Christmas Eve, and every time I talked to somebody, they kept telling me, oh, he'll be all right. Well, I said, well, what does that mean? He'll be all right. That was a consistent answer I would get. Uh, and every time I would ask, is it more than just a sprain? And as we sit here today, after they allowed him to sit out that Saints game when they knew that was a do-or-die game, and for your head coach to admit after the Giants game that he was really hurting, that tells me it runs deeper than just a sprain. And so yeah. moving forward, is it something he's going to have to deal with that first game they play or – just giving him that extra basically two weeks to to get this thing uh, treated, will that be a significant boost in, in terms of how he functions in his offense? Because if it isn't, then that means they're going to reduce the number of RPOs. He's not going to be taken off running because you don't want him to take a, an unnecessary shot. And we've seen him take some shots that made you go, oh, you know, uh, when Malata said uh, the one game, he said, hey, do you need? Uh, you want me to get the medics? He said, hey, man, get my bleep off. Help me get my bleep off the ground. You know, down the stretch, teams have defended him a little bit differently. Uh, edge rushers are more disciplined in terms of not just running to the quarterback. They run a stop to set the edge and force them to make a, a move. So whoever they play their first round, um, you know there's something different coming. You know, when we had Lane Johnson on the postgame show before he got injured, he would consistently tell us for four or five weeks, D. Gunn, they, they gave us looks we weren't expecting, which means when you have, you're an offensive juggernaut the way the Eagles were, as a defensive coordinator, what do you do? You try to flip the script. You've got to throw in some gadgets to try to disrupt their continuity. And I expect with this being in the playoffs, whoever they get in the first round, except Ed Donatel. Ed Donatel's <laughs> own defense stinks. Ed Donatel's defense stunk yes. when he was in Green yeah. Bay. Ed you know, defense I know you're a Green Bay guy. Yeah, Ed's, Ed's had a difficult uh, season. You know, it's interesting. They run the same scheme as the Eagles. Yes. You know, they run the Fangio scheme, as you know. Yep. And and it shows you, you know, it's all about communication. It's Absolutely. all about teaching. And that's why Jonathan Gannon's a good defensive coordinator for the people that dislike <laughs> him. He's a tremendous teacher. Now, Ed Donatel, I think, has been coaching for about 100 years. Yes, yeah, exactly. The communication on that team in the back, uh, in the secondary, is horrific, except for 
Patrick Peterson and Harrison yeah. Smith because yeah. those guys have been playing forever, so they can handle everything. But all the young players just busted coverage, busted coverage, busted yeah. coverage. That's what impresses me most about the Eagles on the hindsight. For the most part, they've done a very good job with that. But when they do have problems with this defense, it's miscommunication. Mm -hmm. um, CJ's back. I don't think Avante Maddox is going to be back for the divisional either. round, but it's pretty clear that they, they're they not putting him on IR, so they think they might have him for either the championship game or the mm -hmm. Super Bowl. And we'll see how that moves forward. But, you know, for the most part, this defense has, has been pretty good. Yeah. And, you know, we start talking about these coaches. This is another reason why you have to seize the moment, JG, because Shane Steichen's already got three interviews lined yeah. up. Yeah. All ready to talk about uh, Gannon and Houston is heating up. This is the moment, right? <clears throat> And they knew this going in. They knew this going into this season. If they had a good measure of success, that teams will come after your coaches. That's just the nature of the beast across the NFL, and, and rightfully so. So, Howie, it was all in for Howie, the way they structured this team. The urgency was let's try to win it now because you have decisions to make. You're going to have to replace a coach or coaches because if these coaches, if those two guys leave, Gannon and Steichen, you know they're going to pick off some of the Eagles' assistants and elevate them in positions as well. And who are you bringing back? you got to pay Jalen whether you pay him a, that extension or whether you franchise tag him. You have to pay him. That's going to take, take up a good chunk of any money you have looking towards free agency. And you have so many players who are on one-year deals, especially on that defense. How he's got some strategic, some very strategic decisions to make. Now, with two first-round picks, if, if X amount of players leave on defense, I expect them to attack the defensive side of the ball, come to draft and take two high-profile defensive players. And there's some, a lot of good players coming out. If somehow, someway, Howie can work his magic and keep more people than we're thinking about, Kudos to him, and then they can address other areas uh, when it comes to the draft. As John and I pointed out way back when, the Eagle coaching staff this year came back en masse. Mm -hmm. That just doesn't happen. No, no one no. keeps their entire coaching staff together. The no. Eagles did. Oh, this next upcoming year, that's not happening. There, not that, happening. there will be changes no. because no. there will be will no. be individuals who are leaving. I D Gun, this is uh, what I love about talking to you. Um, you were there every day on uh, top of uh, everything beat reporter for the 2017 Eagles. People rightfully so want to compare this year to that year because the ending was pretty good. And there are some similarities. Yeah. The Eagles finished that year kind of limping to the finish line. Right. Um, they beat the Giants. Nick Foles was okay. His first start after Carson Wentz, but then. He was pretty putrid against Oakland the next week. Mm. They found a way to win an ugly 1910 mm. game, and they went to the unstoppable Nate Sudfeld in the last game because they were protecting Nick from getting injured. But they didn't exactly fly home, and then they got to the postseason, and we know what happened. Ripped off the victories that they did. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of that team for me was, and you know better because you were there every day, <clears throat> there was a good mojo around them. And I think you understand what I mean by the sure. mojo sure. Um, that they just gathered together as a group, solidarity, uh, one focus, uh, the one next man up mentality. How does this year's team compare to that team in mojo? I think it's very comparable. 
Um, you know, and I'll give the Eagles organization credit for this because they have been consistent in this regard even before the 17th season. They are very, very adamant about finding guys who are not just exceptional athletes but good locker room character. And I think when you look at the way both teams are structured, they are very, they were very, they were and are very good locker room character type guys. Now you've had a couple of blips on the radar, you know, Slay calling out a guy, AJ Brown calling out a guy, but it was nothing that that just blew up and became the topic of conversation for an entire week. You know, um, and 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 it's not a, it's not this group as well as that group. It's not a bunch of me guys. It's a bunch of we guys. And I think the veteran leadership in that locker room that basically are holdovers from that 17 team set the standard for what's expected in that locker room. The Lane Johnsons, the Jason Kelsey's, Brandon Graham's, Fletcher Cox, uh, those kind of guys set the example of what, hey, this is what is expected of you when you come here, not just as a player, but as you, how you conduct your business inside and outside of this locker room. You know, when you look at this Eagles team, you know, you don't see a lot of outside noise like you do across the league with other teams. You know, they don't have, you know, did you did you hear of any DUIs this year with this team, any domestic abuse with this team, any um, uh, suspensions uh, for, you know, substance abuse with this team? No. It was a very focused group. Um, and, and he kept adding pieces. You kept adding established pieces along the way. You know, proven veterans like an Andamica Sue and a Linville Joseph who who know how to handle that business. And, and that um, that's an all-encompassed umbrella because new guys and young guys who come in here uh, look at those guys and say, okay, if this is how they are doing things here, I've got a, I've got a total line or I'm not going to be here very long. You know, there's some teams, some organizations, it's like the Keystone Cops. You don't know who's running the yeah. organization. Yeah. And, and everybody's running amok, and it shows Arizona, Houston, so on and so forth, teams like that. You don't have that problem here. And when you have that cohesiveness and continuity continuity within the structure of a team and an organization, look at the results you can get, i.e. Yeah. 2022 for this team. And that brings me back to the quarterback, and last one for me. Follow uh, Derek at RealDGun on Twitter. Uh, post-game show here, Jacob uh, Sports. Gun on one. You can watch mm-hmm. as well, uh, Jacob Sports uh, YouTube page. Um, you know, you mentioned the guys, and they are. It starts with the guys who've been here, and Jason Kelsey mm-hmm. and Lane Johnson and Brandon. Uh, what, what a tremendous leader Brandon mm-hmm. Graham is. And, and uh, Fletcher as well, a little bit more understated, but still yeah. in that category. Yeah. But the quarterback, man, the young quarterback, and you bring mm. up that 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 phrasing because quarterbacks are taught, yeah, uh, taught that when you know you have success, it's we. When you have when you fail, when you have hiccups, it's, it's right. me, it's me. You know, and and Jalen Hurts is that natural leader. Mm. And let's be honest, he shouldn't have played uh, against uh, the Giants in Week 18, right? But he did play. Right. And I think that resonates in the locker room um, in a weird way. Is that maybe the silver lining? Because it's clear the Eagles didn't want him out there. They hoped right. they would get one win, beat Dallas or beat New Orleans, mm-hmm. and then he could sit out until the divisional round. You think that's a silver lining that he he got back there out there and played, and that just resonates with the locker room? There's no question about it. Because if, if I'm looking at Jalen Hurts, I'm thinking – 
man, knowing what I know about his injury, if he can get out there and play, who am I to not get out there and play as well? You know, I, I think as a leader, I mean, Jalen Hurst to me was born to lead. You know, you look at him in Alabama, look at him in Oklahoma, there's a measure of success he had in both entities. Look at how much he's elevated his game in just one year here with the Eagles. At 24, 25 years old, there are people that are just born to lead. And because of it, the way his play enhanced overall, everybody stepped in line. He's like the Pied Piper of this team. You know, nobody looks at him like, hey, man, you're only 24, 25. You can't tell me what to do. And then, you know, you look at his primary weapons. They're all his age, you know, basically. You know, Devante, Quez, you know, Dallas. They're all his age, you know. So Jalen Hurts uh, took the role of being that guy who wanted to put the onus of success or failure on his shoulders. That's a lot to ask of a 24, 25-year-old professional in the most magnified and scrutinized position in all of pro football, that quarterback position. And he has handled everything beautifully. He has, he has said all the right things. He has done all the right things. Um, and, and this is a significant reason why this team is where it is today. Uh, I was hoping that they would put him out there against the Saints, get that win, and let him rest an additional week. Unfortunately, they spun that roulette wheel. It did not come up in their favor. Thus, he was forced into action against this Giants team. Now, I don't think he took any significant hits in that Giants game, but I think it was also, John, um, an opportunity for him to go out there and test, okay, what throws bother me the most? Is it the deep throw? Is it the intermediate throw? Is it going across my body? What's the thing that irritates me the most? And I can't get, the, I can't get that statement out of my head that, from Sirianni. He was hurting a lot, okay? And he had to play the entire game hurting a lot. Okay, so I'm hoping he didn't do any ex- more extensive damage to that that shoulder, you know. And if he did, obviously, we're not going to know about it because they don't tell us anything, you know. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he went in there, did just enough. They kept the offense basically vanilla, got, got a 19-point lead and cruised to the finish line. Um, and now, hopefully, you know, with modern medicine technology and all the gadgets they use to stimulate the muscles and the tissues, hopefully, over the next two weeks, they will get him where he needs to be. All right, D Gun, I want to close it out with you with an optimistic condiment question. <laughs> and here's what I mean by that I'm a hot dog guy. I like hot dogs. I'll eat a plain hot dog. Right. The more stuff I can put on my hot dog, the better. I like to doctor up my hot dog. Um, if you're an Eagle fan and you know you're getting a hot dog, right. you're, you're, you're stating that ahead of time, going to get a hot dog, which is a playoff victory. You know, there are four teams potentially that the Eagles could play. Mm-hmm. Seahawks, highly unlikely. Don't think they're beating the no. 49ers. But I remember Pete Carroll sticking it to the Eagles in the playoffs just a couple of years ago. The, the shot that Carson Wentz took him out of the game early. So there's mm-hmm. a little revenge factor there. Mm-hmm. The Vikings, which, believe it or not, Jalen Rager could come back to town again. Uh, and, yeah, they could push Jefferson out, even though the Eagles passed on him. Um, that New York Giant football team, which the Eagles have kind of dominated of late, mm-hmm. and they put up a good fight against mm-hmm. Eagles this mm-hmm. past week with their subs, or the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, if, if you acknowledge and believe the Eagles are going to win against any of those four teams, which Johnny mm-hmm. Mack has said a couple times the other day, the only team that puts any fear into them is the 49ers. Yeah. Right. I would I, just add, I don't think they can play the Vikings. Tampa, Dallas, um, uh, Seattle, Tampa, I meant Tampa instead of Vikings. Yeah. Yeah. Thank, yeah. You. Thank you for yeah. correcting me. That Brady guy, 
who did kind of stick his finger in the Eagles' eye last year in the postseason. Yeah. You know, they won the biggest game against Brady five years ago, but is it even close? Do you want the Cowboys? If you believe that John McMullen is telling you the mm-hmm. truth, that the only thing to fear is the 49ers, and oh, by the way, they're quarterbacked by a rookie quarterback. Mm. Who are you rooting for, the Eagles, to play this week if you're an Eagles well, I, I, I would initially say, you know, I, you know, with John saying they can't, they probably can't play Minnesota. Um, I would have to say, whew, I don't know if I want to see Brady as as mediocre as that Tampa Bay team is. There's something. Come on, you're running Brady. scared, Johnny Mac. Just told you, no. you don't have to be afraid of anybody except no, maybe no. San Francisco. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't put fear or scared into the equation. It's just okay. that there is one man who sees everything, yeah. who knows everything. And whatever, for whatever reason, has the ability to turn that light switch on and elevate his play, especially if his pass catchers are healthy. He has his number one center back finally after missing like 14 games this season. So the offensive line has more uh, fluidity to it now. Um, I would I would have to say I would rather take my chances with with Dallas coming here. Even though Dak is, has had a great measure of success against this team, that run defense has not gotten any better. Uh, this season, if the Eagles run the ball, and we've been screaming, run the football. And they, you know, they haven't had the measure of success running the football that we've been spoiled to watch. You look at the last four games, you know, Chicago, Dallas Saints and the Giants. They haven't had that tremendous success running the football. Um, I will still take my chances against Dallas here, especially, you know, for whatever reason, Dak can't get out of his own way. Uh, this Eagles defense, uh, this Eagles team has not won the turnover battle now for four consecutive games, you know, and, and they they could have had three or four picks Sunday against Davis Webb, and, and they didn't. You know, those things correct themselves. So I I, I would I would go with Dallas right now. Yeah, um, I you know I'm I'm not fearful of anyone as you pointed right, out, right. Jody. But if you're telling me who would I rather play, mm-hmm. oh, it's the Giants. I mean, the Giants. The, I mean, the Giants are terrible. The Giants, the, the, the Giants have no chance to beat the Eagles. I mean, if yeah. Dallas brings their A that, game, that ball comes off Reed Blankenship shoulder pads the wrong way. They recover that onside kick. It wasn't that, all that far from uh, being a competitive game in the last two minutes. That's uh, yeah, that's that's a human nature game. They beat them like a drum when it counted, forty-eight right. twenty-two. Right. The talent level between those two teams is so. That's that's the worst team in the playoffs from a talent perspective. Right. And they have a chance to upset Minnesota because Minnesota's got a lot of issues, a lot of injuries. Yep. That to me would be the perfect situation for the Eagles. So there's better situations. Dallas is talented. They might be playing poorly, mm-hmm. but they're talented. Tampa Bay, like D Gun said, yeah. You know, don't spit in the wind. Don't tug yeah. Tom Brady's cape. You don't want you don't want that uh, necessarily when measured. And Seattle's better than the Giants. So, if you're asking me for the perfect scenario, mm-hmm. yeah, they could play the Giants a hundred times and they're going to beat them ninety nine. I'll leave <laughs> I'll leave one sliver for them. Yeah, and, and as we always say, you know how hard it is to beat a team three times in one season. Not not that team. You know that that's the only like thing, Cincinnati, Baltimore. The only the only <laughs> thing that concerns me about the Giants is Wink Martindale's ability to bring pressure from anywhere. This Giants team blitzes over 42% of the time. That's astronomical yeah. in today's football. Wink Martindale doesn't care who lines up. You're blitzing from somewhere. Oh, he's blitzing, yeah. yeah. 
You but know, I mean, so, yeah, then it's 50 50 ball, AJ. Yeah, good yeah, luck. Yeah, good luck. With exactly. That. Yeah. yeah. You know, but, but, you know, uh, the secondary's gotten a little bit healthier. Um, this, uh, there's still not a great secondary. Um, yeah. the, the thing is, you know, kudos to Debo for what he's done with Daniel. Jones, oh, yeah. You know, because his intermediate game, when you look at the Giants' success, look at him and, uh, and how they, they have so much success. Um, with their intermediate passing game and, and, and Daniel Jones, man, he's zipping it in there, you know, which has helped be, be able to keep the chains moving. Now I'm not afraid of Daniel Jones. When you talk about quarterbacks, you could face potentially yeah. that's the least of my concerns, but Dabo has found a way to get he's the most out of Daniel Jones, you he's know, a very good coach. And, and so you just, you don't know, you know, you don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, but you know, I, I wouldn't have my, you know, put Dallas out of their misery. You know, but get, get, you know, they are a much more talented team, but for whatever reason, they still have not figured out a way to stop the run. And they let a third stringer beat them. On yeah, Sam Howell. Yeah. And, and he ran up the middle of their defense for a touchdown from like 15 yards out. Yeah. You know, so that means they still have issues in terms of defending the run. I'll take my chances against them. John's right. Maybe the Giants first. Dallas would be a close second. D-Gun, since we know now you're available on Tuesday mornings, if you don't have grandfather duties, um, we will reach out. I have grandfather duties every day. (laughs) I'm like a school bus. Inadvertently (laughs) sent me a text last night that he meant to send to somebody else about his granddaughter. I said, "Uh, hello, you're talking to me? He said, oops, sorry, John. Uh, What what happened was my, my oldest daughter has three kids. She brought the kids over and the 17 month, the 18 month old granddaughter, she's a whip. She basically tells you what she's going to do, what she's not going to do. And she's, she's that she stopped as a little girl. And every time she has to leave, she screams, no, fights, kicks, tooth nail, doesn't want to put her jacket on. So when I take her outside to give her to her dad, she's kicking and flailing, no, stop it, stop it. So I was sending that to the family and say, hey, she did it again, basically. <laughs> you know? She likes staying with Grandpa. We like having Grandpa on, too, which means expect the request three weeks from today. After the Eagles secure NFC championship status, uh, the Tuesday before the Tuesday before the Super Bowl, we're getting you back on in the same exact time, same exact spot. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Well, based on how frequently you've asked me to be on from preseason That's why to I'm now, doing it. That's why I'm booking you now. Because I, I dropped the I, football on the fact that we haven't had yard in six months. I expect to be on based on, on past Past reference, I expect to be on again sometime after the draft in April. <laughs> <laughs> the draft, 
thereabouts. <laughs> no, you're you're back in in three weeks, D Gun. Oh, Thank you much for Happy jumping in it. with us today. Thanks, D Gun. Tell both of the boys, uh, Big Barrett and Rob Ellis, we send our regards. Will do. That's Derek Gunn from Sports Take here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And, of course, on Sundays, he gets to sit next to Seth Joyner. And sometimes I see D-Gun won't admit to this. He rolls his eyes, too, when Seth starts to go off about the lack of aggressiveness of the Eagles defense. Uh, he does a great job with us on Sundays in the postgame stuff, too. All right, John McMullen, John McDonald coming back. Uh, he brought up uh, D-Gun brought up the draft. I want to bring up a draft thing with Johnny Mac. Yeah, I know. We we can talk about the Eagles. We don't know who they're going to play, so we can only do so much with speculation. Would you rather face Brady or the Cowboys? Who do you have a better chance against? Who do you want to stick yeah. it to? Yeah, 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 we're doing all that, yes. But there are other things to consider, one of which is the draft pick. We know the Eagles are going to draft 10th. A couple of places came out with mock drafts immediately after. It's one of those times of the year where you see that. And a couple of names to fill it up the Eagles. I just can't believe I'll run him by Johnny Mac when we come back. He's McMullen. I'm McDonald. It's Mac and Mac Birds 365. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to Ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. He's John McMullen. I'm Jody McDonald. That would make this the Mac and Mac show on Birds 365. Uh, appreciate you streaming on in. Hey, while you're here, go ahead and hit that like button. I forget to do this. Say, Jody, go tell them to hit the like button. And I forget every single day. So I apologize to my bosses at Jacob Media because they say, you guys are getting good numbers. You get a whole bunch of streamers, but they don't hit the like button. Well, that's probably because they don't like me, but... <laughs> I guess I'm asking them to overlook that. Tell the world you like John McMullen. Hit that oh, like button. That's not going right to help you. That's not going to help you. Hit that like button right now while you're watching, while you're streaming with us. Thank you very much for doing so. All right, uh, J Mac, as I teased before we went to break, um, I think it was on NBC Sports Philly. Uh, David Zangaro is going to join us coming up in what, 15 minutes from now? So I think it was on their website this morning and they compiled a couple of mock drafts that are out there since we now know where each team is going to be drafting with the regular season over and done with. They looked at uh, where specific mock draft websites were uh, suggesting the Eagles could be selecting at number 10 with the pick that they got from the New Orleans Saints. And one website, I think it was Pro Football Network, had Jalen Carter falling (laughs) down to the Eagles at number 10. Oh, my Lord. I've oh. seen other websites that suggest he will be the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. Added a quarterback, the head of Anderson from um, Alabama. He made yeah. a couple of plays last night. Georgia just stone cold. I would down. stay his his floor. Now, full disclosure, I have uh, done no uh, draft work because, you know, the Eagles are kind of in an important role in the season. Yeah. So I've done no draft prep. But Jalen Carter, the floor on him is three. I mean, he, he's not falling below three. Uh, he might go number one. Um, yeah, I mean that's absurd. Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I might go. I might go four because the, the two quarterbacks could go one, two for me. And there's always more of an emphasis on an edge guy than a DT. And the kid Anderson is thought to be that good from Alabama. So I, I'm with you. We're we're basically on the same page. Just. It's outrageous, though. Ten, that him falling down to number ten to the Eagles. I'm going, hey, Jacob, please. I will this, say if that this guy isn't on the Eagles staff now. Put him on the staff. Offer him a job yeah. if he can uh, look well, at a I, ball I, and make I, that happen. I feel comfortable saying if he does be, uh, fall to ten, the Eagles are going to take him. Eagles yes. will take him. That's yeah. hey, you're going out on a limb there, yeah. McMullen. Big I gotta, limb. Got to yeah, give you props limb. for that one. Um, Another one had them taking B. John Robinson. <laughs> what would you suggest the percentage chance that Howie Roseman is going to draft a running back with the 10th pick in the draft? With the 10th pick? Uh, I, normally, I always go 99 point, you know, whatever. Now right. I'm going 100%. <laughs> I'm going 100%. Now, I, I always bring up, and I'm honestly, uh, I, I, again, 
I haven't done much homework. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I've watched seven B. John Robinson games. There was one running back that the Eagles were considering taking in this era of football in the first round when they had the 14th overall pick in the 2017 draft. They would have selected Christian McCaffrey if he was there. Ultimately, went I believe number eight, so he didn't even get get close. Not really close. Um, they would have taken him. They would have taken him. So it's always about the player. But if the Eagles are going to take a running back that high, he better have that all-around skill set of Christian McCaffrey. And those guys don't exist uh, very often. I'm pretty sure B. John Robinson isn't that type of running back. Um, You need to be as impactful in the passing game as you are in the running game. They're not just taking a running back. Um, Even with second round, if they wanted to take Dalvin Cook that year in the second round, he had some issues off the field. Um, his reputation was very good as a pass catcher. Uh, he's been okay. Hasn't been great as a pass catcher in the NFL. And even Miles Sanders, they thought was going to be a real impactful player and hasn't worked out that way. Um, but you got to have a well-rounded skill set, even if, if, if you're going to be taken in the second round by the Eagles. Yeah, uh, second round, more like I don't think 31st they're taking a running back either. Um, but at number 10, I'm with you 100% not happening uh, because of Harry Roseman's track record. The other three that they uh, put out there as, as mock drafts, five different guys, Jalen Carter, good luck. Uh, B. John Robinson, <laughs> not happening. Um, uh, the kid uh, Branch, the safety from uh, Alabama. I, would you be surprised if they took a safety at number 10? Yeah. Uh, also position uh, related. Uh, a lot depends on, um, you know, how high they're going to have to go to keep CJ Gardner Johnson. I don't think they want to break the bank there. That's a difficult signing. Uh, that really is. Um, so they're going to have to take a defensive player, most likely with that 10th pick, because they're not going to be able to keep everybody. Uh, cornerback, I think, is most likely. Now, the problem is, in the little stuff, I, do, I don't I don't think this is a great corner draft at the no. top. No, 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 no. Maybe I'm putting a little bit more uh, uh, draft work in than you at this stage because I got to do a national show. Uh, this is an actually a pretty darn good cornerback draft, which... No, no, no. The- I, I'm not saying draft as a whole. I'm saying top 10. Top 10 at number 10... I, I haven't seen many mock drafts, and you've certainly looked at more than me. I see the kid from Oregon, but I don't know if he's worthy of the 10th pick. I forget his name. And then Joey Porter Jr. Porter, yeah. That, that's I, who. I, I, number 10? I don't know. Draft but, wire had Joey Porter at number 10 for the Eagles. Uh, I gave you the safety. I'll give you the one where they could go offense. I'm with you. It's, I'd say, at least 80% maybe 85 that they're going to take a defensive guy because they have so many defense free agents. You assume they can't keep them all and they'll fill in free agency and or lose guys via free agency long before the draft ever happens. The kid, Peter Skoransky from Northwestern an interior offensive lineman. I know they just took one last year, a uh, high second round, but with the fact that uh, Sam Alu's getting up there in age that would not shock me because, you know, when in doubt, the Eagles default to the trenches. 
Oh, and yeah. the trenches can be either offensive line or defensive line. And Skoransky is a guy who I think could even be value at number 10. Uh, that That's the only way they go offense if they don't go defense in the first round is for Well, remember, Howie's always big about value. So, yeah, I mean, he, he is obsessed with value. And if he's got the 10th pick, he wants to not only get a good player, he wants to get value at that 10th pick. And he will not hesitate to drop down. So if we're talking about those corners, and if, if he doesn't think they're worthy at 10, but they're worthy at 15, 16, he'll, he'll drop down and he might go in that direction. Defensive line is also, you know, because of all the uncertainty, um, you know, as good as their defensive line is, they got a ton of free agents. Uh, yeah, and, and as you mentioned, it's always trenches, always trenches, always trenches. Um, and then the offensive perspective, more likely that high, it would have to be a tackle than an interior guy. And you got to start thinking about the future. Lane Johnson has started to quietly talk about, uh, you know, only playing a, a few more seasons. You got to think about the future. Um, but that high, it, it, it rules out a lot of positions for, for the way the Eagles think. It really does. It does. Um, and, oh, by the way, watching that championship game last night, I did watch it till I had to go on the air on WIP last night. A guy who the Eagles won't be drafting because he's not even draft eligible, um, but it just absolutely wowed me. And I saw him play playing during this year, but it was the best game I ever saw him play. The Bowers tight end from Georgia. Oh, yeah, he's good. He's, he's good. Dallas Guidard with more speed. He's, yeah, he's absolutely a stud in the blocking game. Huge kid. Uh, catches everything that comes his way. Runs through tackles same way Dallas Goddard does. Oh, and runs by guys as well. And he's only a, a, a regular sophomore. He's not even a redshirt sophomore, which would make him uh, draft eligible. He's a true sophomore. So he's not even coming out in this year's draft. And he's so far and away the best tight end in football. It's ridiculous. Uh, I know the Eagles have Dallas Goddard, but... We saw the backup tight ends they have, and they were okay holding down the fort at best. If you could come with a one-two punch of those two guys, Bowers and Goddard, I know it's uh, Joey, yeah, getting ahead uh, of yourself, that, 18 months ahead of yourself, but yeah, man, they're was not taking last night. There's only one football. You got to, you got got. They're fine. AJ Devontae Smith. Yeah, they're not taking. Uh, they're not taking the kid from. Uh, the kid from uh, Notre Dame as well. It's a good tight end draft. Uh, you know, he's more of a sort of Gronk type, I would say, than you know, receiving type. But he can do he can do everything. But um, yeah, it's a good tight end draft. But the Eagles aren't going to be looking for a tight end. No, you know? uh, not this year. And the guy I want to take is not eligible, so it doesn't much matter. But man, he was just unstoppable last night. That was that was scary what they did to TCU. Congrats to Georgia. I know uh, we got a couple of Georgia guys who are the Eagles now who were there last year. You know, this year's team might be better than last year's team. Two reasons why I can say that. And I know they almost lost to Ohio State. If the kid makes the field goal on the last play of the game, which he had no chance whatsoever, you talk about missing a field goal. It was wide left off his foot uh, in the Ohio State game. But the beatdown that they put on, on TCU last night, and they went undefeated. Last year's Georgia team, you remember, did not. They lost to Alabama in the SEC yeah. championship yeah. game, then turned around and beat the snot out of them in the, in the actual championship. And they don't game. even have a, 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 
a real good pro po- prospect at quarterback. It's pretty amazing. That's pretty they've good. Been. He's, yeah, he's he's not, not going to be a starter. Not. He's undersized. No. He he's got a he's got a good solid arm. He doesn't have a rocket, but he's got a good solid no. arm. He made himself a draftable player with the performance last. Well, well yeah, he might get drafted. And probably will get drafted, but he's not going to be a, a high level prospect. You know, you normally like Stroud and and Bryce Young. I mean, they're high level prospects, and you expect them to be good at that level. But the fact that Georgia has been as dominant without that type of player at quarterback is pretty, pretty impressive. Um, and, you know, they're one of the only teams that plays a modicum of defense at the college level. And even they get waxed occasionally in SEC games. And their defense returned. I was actually questioning their defense because they gave up 30 against LSU yeah. in the LSU championship game, gave up 40 to Ohio State yeah. in the semifinals. Oh, they showed up last night. They yeah. took TCU completely out of their game. It was pretty damn impressive by the Bulldogs. All right, G's John McMahon. I'm Jody McDonald. We are expecting to be joined next by Dave Zangaro from NBC Sports uh, Philly. Uh, Dave G going to uh, do a spot with us as we talk about the Eagles moving forward into the playoffs against who? We don't know. Who would we prefer? That's something we'll ask Dave Zangaro next here on Birds 365. Go for the beers, go for the cheers, go for the hit and the hits, go for the scene, go for the screens, go for the gallery, go for the win, go to ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, We've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event. that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your social security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their social security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today.
Show with Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. This is Birds 365 here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Thanks for jumping in with Mac and Mac. We thank our next guest for doing just that as well. Uh, you recognize him for the work he does on TV on NBC Sports Philly. You got to be reading him all the time, NBCSportsPhilly.com. And check out the Eagle Eye podcast with our buddy Ruben Frank. Good to get Dave Zingaro back up with us again here on Birds 365. Dave Z, I haven't talked to you. How was your new year? It was good, man. How about you? I worked. I was on the air. Uh, when the, the ball dropped, I had it on TV. But uh, extra I was on shifts, the man. Time. Holidays means extra shifts. That's how it works. Exactly. Um, Dave, I asked this question of uh, Bud of yours from uh, yesteryear, uh, our very own Derek Gunn, just a half an hour ago. You're a guy who's there every single day following the team. Uh, you get a good grasp on Mojo. And if I need to explain Mojo to you, I will. I don't think I do. Uh, I think you understand. <laughs> he saw Austin Powers, I assume. He knows. Dave uh, Yeah, Austin Powers, uh, one of my all-time favorite movies. Thanks for referencing that, John. Um, understanding what Mojo is. How is the Eagles Mojo now that they finished 14-3 and three, with a little bit of a stumble down the stretch, injuries and issues and the like, but uh, with a week to wait to find out who they play and then get ready to prep and get some downtime and rest, where's the Eagles' mojo at right now? That's a fair question. Uh, I think that you know most teams would rather go into the playoffs with a full head of steam and playing their best football, and that's not the case for the Eagles. We get that. Uh, but I also got the sense that like once they did what they wanted to accomplish – they kind of feel like, okay, now we're in a really good spot. Um, now, that doesn't mean there aren't questions about this team and uh, about the health of the team, which is my biggest concern at certain areas. But uh, I feel like they just accomplished what they wanted to do. It took them longer to get there. They should have had it wrapped up earlier than they needed or than they, they needed to, to get it wrapped up. But, you know, I, I don't sense that they're worried about not having momentum going into the playoffs and that sort of thing. Would you like to have it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you want to win every game. You want to have that good feeling. Yeah. But I don't get the sense that they're thinking, oh, man, we're really not playing well right now. We're going to be in trouble. I don't get that sense at all. Yeah, either do I, Dave. And I, I'll go more style points than Mojo. I mean, you don't get extra wins for those style points. They were able to get the the number one seed, which was the goal, and – Boy, I, I can't remember a year where it's been uh, uh, set up uh, uh, more uh, nicely, shall we say, for the number one seed. Um, the top threat, I- I- at least on paper, would be San Francisco, which is a very good team, but they're starting a third-string rookie quarterback who's done a tremendous job, but he's still a third-string rookie quarterback. I mean, that's that's pretty good. You. You look at Tampa Bay, I was just looking at the PFF grades for the year. 
Uh, Tampa Bay's one of the worst teams in football. The Giants are even worse. When you look at the film, they're right there with the Chicago Bears and the Houston Texans of the world when they're looking at, at, at talent. And people talk about them getting potential upsets in the first round. The Eagles have four potential playoff opponents. Do any of them scare Dave Zangaro? No. Um, I, I mean, the, of those four, I think the one that your circle is the Cowboys, uh, just because Dak has been very good against the Eagles, but they're also a different team away from AT&T. I mean, they're not the same when they play here. So, I I mean, they're the team that, if you're asking me, like, which is the, the toughest draw in the divisional round, it's them. I don't think they scare you. I mean, I think the Cowboys are a very beatable team. Uh, they they stand out to me just because they have very talented players on both sides of the ball. Whereas, you know, some of the teams in the playoffs are kind of really one way or the other. Even the 49ers are very balanced, right? You yeah. think of them as having a great defense, but they have really good offensive players too. Uh, the Cowboys have a little bit of that, um, but they're also the Cowboys. And it's January, and I know that shouldn't matter, but it kind of feels like it does. And until they prove to me that they're not going to recoil and, and be – the Cowboys of the last 20 years in the playoffs. And I don't know if they really scare you that much. Dave, two point question. And the first one is either if you've got an exact number, feel free to affix it. If not, I, I need your general opinion on it. How often do the Eagles with Jalen Hurts as their quarterback allow him to audible different plays on the line of scrimmage? That's, that's tricky to come up with a number because right. – in addition, it's not just like he's at the line and he picks a play. <clears throat> there are sometimes checks based on the coverage, right? So it's not like that's what makes it really tough to tell you exactly like what the number is because there are times where, you know, he's reading a player on the defense and gives a check because of it. Is that really him audibling? No, it looks like he does sometimes, but um, <clears throat> he has a little bit of autonomy. Uh, but they also give him some on zone reads and in RPOs where, yes, there are like definitive black and white reasons to pull it or to throw it or to hand it off or to keep it. But it's not going to be 100 percent all the time. Right. So he has I think that's what you're looking for is like, what's the autonomy number for Jalen Hurts in this offense? And I have no clue how to give that to you. Right. That's why I said if, you, if he had attached a number, I'd love it. Didn't think you could. It was yeah. very – it's a hard yeah, question. I, I would if I felt like I, I had a, a way to do it. It's just there's so many different elements. Yeah, I think I think it's the difference between a modern NFL offense versus the old school. Um, you know, certain guys, if you go back to 20, 30 years, would, would run the game from the line to scrimmage. If you go back to the 70s, I mean – you know, guys like Terry Bradshaw and Fran Tarkenton and Ken Stabler called their own plays. Um, yeah, doesn't exist anymore. So I think, uh, you know, the Eagles have built this offense and you have options. You know, there's two or three plays sometimes. You can kill from one play or another. I don't think that old school sort of autonomy exists anymore, really. Maybe Tom Brady. But I think... I think it's almost becoming extinct. Uh, do you see it around the rest of the league, Dave? Not really. I mean, and, and that's the thing. It's like even when 
Jalen audibles, it's he's not he doesn't have the full menu. Yeah. You know, it's like, you know, if they show this look, this is the play. If they show this look, this is the play. Uh, which it makes sense. You have really smart. It will be a lot for any quarterback in this NFL to just have the menu at the line of scrimmage, especially for a guy in his second year as a starter. So, uh, and that's why they pay Shane Steichen a lot of money <laughs> to call these plays. Yeah, he's going to get I, more money. As, soon. As, maybe, as, maybe. As we'll you can probably that. guess, the reason I'm asking the question is this past week with him returning from injury, Jalen Hurts' plays did not look like Jalen Hurts' plays of the level of uh, potential MVP in the National Football League. Much more aggressive, taking off, making plays with his legs. It didn't happen this week. Understandably so, because he's coming back from the injury and they want to make sure that they want to get him re-injured before the playoff starts. More so, the actual play calling coming down ahead of time. Jalen's decision within the play where he decides what he's going to do with the football, as you just kind of documented for us. If we can all agree that it was not truly Jalen-like in the way that the plays played themselves out this past Sunday, why? Who was who is the main reason that it was a less Jalen running game than we're used to seeing? The coaching staff. Uh, even when Jalen made those wise decisions, that's the coaching staff, and he's hearing the coaching staff tell him, get down, get down, get down. Because I think Jalen on his own is he wants to play the way he wants to play. Uh, the play calling certainly is all the coaching staff. I mean, they're, they weren't going to expose him. I mean, there were no design runs. The read option game wasn't there. Uh, and it's something to, to watch. I, I think once they got in the red zone, we really saw that. Without the threat of his legs, this red zone offense is not the same. Uh, so – and when I mentioned the thing that concerns you about this offense going into the playoffs or about this team going into the playoffs is the health. I mean, that's number one on my list is, is yeah. how healthy is Jalen Hurts going to be and is his health going to allow them to call the game the way they want to call the game and the way he wants to play the game. I think a lot of this was precautionary in week 18 because in the playoffs, you, you can't do that. I mean, you can't have the play calls we saw in week 18 in the playoffs. You just can't do it. Uh, whether he's hurting or not. I mean, you just have to play to win the game. You have to do whatever it takes. So uh, you hope that this extra week gives him a chance to heal up a little bit more and uh, he can get out there and be the guy we saw uh, leading up to this because it's it's it was frustrating to watch. I mean, there was even the one play he slides before the first down. Yeah, You're going, yeah. Holy cow, he's really taking this to heart. And you appreciate that from him because that probably kills him inside and we saw that after the game him trying to talk about it there's one thing Jalen Hurts doesn't want to talk about it's him being injured or him playing differently because of an injury uh, but I give him credit <laughs> for doing it in this game because they clearly asked him to yeah and we we talked about that word fear I I, I don't fear anybody in the playoffs I guess my biggest fear would be you know, Nick Sirianni I mean you and I are with him all the time, Dave. I mean, he he talks the way he talks about injuries. He's talking, you know, when Jalen first got it, we had the superhero talk. Oh, he heals better than everybody else. And then he comes out after the game and he said, I, I know he was hurting. He was hurting bad. I, I was surprised by that. I, I was surprised he went that far. And that concerned me a little bit. But you mentioned you thought he was being precautionary. It was a bad opponent. 
it was the junior varsity of, of, of a team that doesn't match up with you with their starters um, in the playoffs. You can't play like that. Right. I mean, even if he is banged up, you gotta go, you gotta go win the game. So uh, I look, I think you're on the same page with me in that aspect of it. They have to play, even if he's banged up, they got to put the zone read stuff back in the game plan. Correct. Oh, you have to. Um, it, it changes so much. I, I always go back to that Tennessee game. I don't think I've ever seen a defense play a quarterback the way they played him. And it was just such a testament to how good he's been with his legs. I mean, they stopped pass rushing yeah. in that game because they were so worried about him taking off. Um, if you don't have that threat, I think Jalen's still a good quarterback. He's proven that he can play from the pocket, but it's not even about him running. It's about the threat of him running. Yeah, and exactly. if you don't have that, uh, the numbers change up and it, it gives the defense an advantage against this offense. So, and this offense isn't particularly uh, complex. No, you know, I it's, say it all the time. People think it's the simplest offense. It it's really a very is. simple offense. Yeah. And it's, and that's fine. Like I, I don't have a problem no, with that no. because yeah. they have good players and they have a quarterback that changes the numbers and it should be simple. And I think it's wise that it's simple, but if you lose such a big element of that offense and now you have this simple offense, it can become predictable in a hurry. And, and that's the biggest fear is you can't have that happen. So uh, yeah, I'm with you, John, because you know, what are you, what are you saving him for? <laughs> if you know, you, you got to call the plays, you got to put the read option stuff back in there. I think, you don't have to go crazy with it, but it has to be there. The threat of it has to be there. Dave, uh, last night on WIP, I tried to get Eagle fans to take a step back and look at the 17-game season rather than just the three-game season the Eagles played these last three weeks, two of which were without Jalen Hurts, by the way, um, to try and take a, a big-picture look. But I, I do need to now focus on this past game in one aspect, and I think it's important going forward because it's injury related. And that is real. Miles Sanders was very healthy in week two. What does it mean now? Nada. Because he's not 100% healthy now. He'd been practicing with a knee brace. Your buddy, Ruben Frank, told me last night, he didn't wear it in the game on Sunday. And he also didn't run the ball near as effectively as he has all year. How much is Miles' knee a factor going into the postseason? Am I overstating the worry on this or is it legit? I think there's a little bit of worry there. Uh, he's been limited the last two weeks because of it. So um, that's where this is one of the injuries that I really feel like a week off can help quite a bit. There are some, you know, is Lane is a week off for Lane going to matter? I, I don't know. I mean, it's one less game of wear and tear that helps. But uh, for an injury like, like Miles injury, I think the week off really will help. Um, I don't know if he's going to be 100 percent for the playoffs, but. I think he'll be good enough. Um, and it, that's not great. I get that because he was so healthy for so much of the season and it mattered. It was the first time we've seen him be this healthy. Right. Yeah. Uh, really <clears throat> rookie season. So, um, yeah, it's a shame that he got hurt late in the year. But, you know, if, if you're looking for one guy who this bye week's really going to benefit, I mean, Miles Sanders at the top of the list for me. Yeah, one positive piece of injury news was uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, Dave. They threw him back into the pool, man, 100%. I didn't see that coming. Uh, and they used him in multiple roles, sort of like they were using Avante at the end before he was injured. So, you know, when they played base, he was 
back at his normal safety position. Then he was in the slot when they needed a nickel back. Um, he's a big part of that defense. He's, you know, I joke, you know, what does CJ and Dak Prescott have in common? They both lead the league in interceptions and they both miss five games, which yeah. is, oh. which is, yeah. Um, he's been a tremendous playmaker. Um, all good from that perspective. He looked, he looked completely healthy. Yeah, and I guess that's one of those things where it's like if the lacerated kidney is healed, you know, it's healed. he's yeah. healed. He's good to go. Uh, you don't worry about re-injury there, I guess. Um, he played well. I, I thought he was very active. He looked good up near the line of scrimmage. He's played a ton there, so that wasn't a surprise. And the Eagles clearly feel better with Reed Blankenship at safety than they do Josiah Scott at nickel, yeah. uh, which I'm fine with. I get that. And <clears throat> having – having just some kind of stabilizing force in the middle of the field is going to mean a lot because over the last couple of games before week 18, they were really susceptible in the middle of the field. And uh, we saw Kaiser have two really bad games. Yeah. And I don't know if it's all on Kaiser. Uh, and by the way, he played, I thought his best game of the year. He maybe did. He had a 18. tremendous bounce but, back. Uh, in the previous two games, he was getting picked apart in coverage and they were really throwing it at him a lot. And I just think a lot of that was just the absence of Avante Maddox. Um, because in these zone coverages, like the, the spacing in the middle of the field matters so much. And when you have different pieces out there, it kind of gets all out of whack. So CJ being back, I think, will just really stabilize the middle of the field because teams are still going to shy away from throwing outside when you have Bradbury and Slay, and they're going to try to find the middle of the field and if cj's in there not only can he stop that but he can make a big play here and there and, and that would be a huge difference dave john and i discussed this briefly early in the show yesterday before we had the later in the day announcement that actual requests have been put out for eagle coordinators to uh interview for head coaching positions um working under the assumption that one if not both of the guys are going to get head coaching jobs in the league one by one who is the top candidate to replace? We'll go Shane Steichen first. Uh, where do you think the Eagles look and or make a aggressive decision? If Steichen gets a job somewhere else, who's going to be the top candidate to be the new offensive coordinator? Well, they might need to promote Brian Johnson just to avoid losing him. Yeah, uh, I, I have yeah. a feeling he's going to be a hot candidate for offensive coordinator jobs. And he's in the building. And I, I think Nick likes the idea of promoting within. He hasn't had to do it yet, really. Uh, we saw some lower-level assistants get promoted, but I think he likes that idea. We know the Eagles like it to a certain extent. Now, if they get depleted and they feel like there's not enough talent in the building, here comes Rich Scangarello again. You know, <laughs> <laughs> trying to replenish. Um, but I, I think Brian Johnson will be t the top internal candidate. But there's also Kevin Petullo, who's uh, their past game coordinator, kind of Nick Sirianni's right-hand man. He's the guy on that coaching staff we probably don't talk about enough. Oh, yeah. He was uh, going to be the head coach when Nick got COVID. People yeah, he was going to take over yeah. head coach. We forgot about that, yeah. He's yeah. going to take over head coaching responsibilities. So those two guys in-house make the most sense. Um, of course, you know, <laughs> Frank Reich has, doesn't have a job. And if he doesn't have a job, I think that's always going to be a possibility. We know what Nick thinks of Frank. Uh, and Frank doesn't have – you know, I think some head coaches would have an ego problem going back to work for one of their former understudies and being under them. I, I don't think Frank would 
that wouldn't be a problem for Frank ego wise. Now, would that happen? I, I don't know. Or then another name, Marcus Brady, who has been working with the Eagles, consulting Jonathan Gannon, was yeah. Frank's offensive coordinator after Nick Sirianni. I think that one's probably a little less likely, but there are some. That options. was an interesting move, uh, you know, bringing him in to help the defense. I thought that was uh, that was an interesting tweak by the Eagles. Um, yeah, and it's hard to know what he's doing, but yeah. <laughs> you know, it makes sense. All right, and the other half of the question was. Who's going to replace Gannon? If Gannon, Gannon goes uh, elsewhere, internal, external, I threw out Vic Fangio's name a couple of weeks ago just because it made too much sense. And he did visit the Eagles during training camp, came in, one of, made one of those glad-handing uh, walkthroughs and uh, talked to absolutely everybody. Uh, Sean Payton is kind of on record saying, if I get a gig, I'm going to try and get Vic Fangio to be my defensive coordinator. So that could thwart the Eagles, but in interior exterior who's going to take over if gannon goes elsewhere as a head coach sure i mean fangio would be ideal i mean yeah this defense is a not it's not a fangio defense but it comes from the fangio defensive tree so to speak so that would be an easy transition uh if you're looking internal denard wilson uh defensive backs coach i think i'm actually surprised he hasn't been given more looks around the league uh, I, I think he could be ready for a jump and then kind of an outside the box one, maybe just because he's so young, but Nick Rollis. Yeah. The Nick, linebackers they coach. love Nick. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I'm starting to wonder if he won't be a hot name coming up soon for other teams. And uh, he's young. I mean, gosh, he's like, he's, I don't think he's 30 yet, but no. Yeah. Um, he was the youngest uh, position coach in the league when he got yeah, the game. He'll get there eventually. Yeah. I, I wouldn't yeah. worry if I'm Nick Rollis, like it'll come. But uh, he's another one that I think might make some sense. And one that I would be interested in, I don't think they are. Uh, Jeremiah Washburn, to me, is just a fascinating guy. I think – and the, the Eagles have used him in so many different ways over the years. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, I think that guy can kind of do whatever he wants. And I think he would make a good DC. I don't think they'd go that way. Like, yeah, I'm putting together lists, actually. It's, just, it's nice. I had this teed up. I'm putting together lists of, like, <laughs> options. But now I don't have him on there, but – he would be on my mind if I were them. I don't think he is. Yeah. And, you know, I think Nick is very, and you know this, Dave, he's, uh, I think he really enjoys the, the or he's going to enjoy the, the promotion aspect. Like he wants to groom guys. Like he always talks about Alex Tanny on the offensive side as a, as yeah, a That's a clear coach. progression too. You can see. Yeah. Shane yeah. leaves, Brian gets promoted, Alex Tanner yeah. is one of the quarterbacks coach. Yeah. Uh, so he, I think he really enjoys that part of it. Um, and then in I, three years, Jeff will fire him because he wants to make uh, a Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Because you, you, I like it. Hey, you you win the Super Bowl, the standards go up. So, uh, <laughs> and then you need a scapegoat when things go wrong. Um, if, if one, you know, Shane's percentage wise he's in the lead he's got you know there's five openings three of them want to talk to shane so far i'm surprised denver's not on that list uh yet um and gannon has been mainly houston but people down in houston think you know he might have gotten the job last year if, if they showed the courage of their convictions or josh mccown um who do you think is more likely of the two to be a head coach? I'll play the numbers and, and say Shane Steichen, but uh, I think the interest in Gannon last year in Houston was very real. 
but I am not in the business of trying to predict what the Houston Texans are going to do. Yeah, good it, point. It, it, yeah, I you mean, were down I, there. I have yeah, no yeah. Like, that organization is a mess. Um, but they got that weird Cleveland thing going on. Like, Cesario's that John – he's John Carroll, that weird pipeline. And 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 John Gannon didn't go to John Carroll, but it, it's Cleveland area. They got this weird uh, connection where sure. they're all like – but Jonathan Gannon was – Hired before, as you know, Dave, he was hired before Nick Sirianni. He was going to come in here as the defensive coordinator. Josh McDaniels got the job. Another sort of John Carroll Cleveland weird <laughs> thing. It, it's kind of like a cabal uh, with those <laughs> Cleveland guys. It's the NFL Illuminati. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, it is kind of weird. I, I don't. It's you know I don't know what Houston's going to do. It that organization's such a mess, and. Shane might have options. Who knows? Like Shane might have a couple teams like very interested in him and we'll see how the timing works out. Uh, and by the way, like I think Jonathan Gannon could be a pretty good head coach. Oh yeah. I, I think a great he, has, leader. Great he, he has that part of it down. And yeah. I know people get concerned about his scheme at times, but uh, you need more than that to be a successful NFL head coach. You know, the, uh, I, I one of the cliches I've always bought into, you know, there's a million cliches around the NFL. And with coaching, you got that if you're hiring a scheme, you're doing it wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's about leadership, it's about teaching. Um, more so. I'm not saying you don't need a, a, a scheme, but more so I think the leadership part of it, the getting people on the same page, I think that's a bigger part of it. Yeah, it is. And it's, you know, we've Nick's kind of been that. Obviously, this is his scheme offensively, but turning over play calling. Yeah. I think that kind of shows that there's a bigger value to the head coaching job than just being a coordinator. Let me uh, make a bold prediction here. Um, when Jonathan Gannon gets a head coaching job, because I think it's a when, not an if, but it could be, could be used in this year, might be one of the other jobs. When that happens, if by the second year in charge as the head coach, the defense is uh, fourth most all-time sacks in the history of the National Football League in that new town, they won't be complaining about he's not aggressive enough. <laughs> They'll just go, wow, we're fourth all-time in sacks. That is such a Philly thing. It's not going to happen anywhere else on the planet the way it does here in Philadelphia. But that we'll get to that when Gannon actually does get out of town. All right, here's the question I've got for, for you, Dave about where the Eagles sit right now. Got an entire week to do as they please. Uh, days off, except for, uh, as uh, you noted on NBC Sports for late, um, Jalen Hurd said, no, 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 I'm coming in to watch film. Hey, coach, you got to meet me at the facility. We got to do some film breakdown on an off day. So God bless Jalen for that. Um, but they get a couple of days, take their time, uh, heal up for the guys that are injured. Um, the one thing that, uh, Sirianni said on WIP that made me laugh, we're going to get some great practices in. They don't ever get great practices in. What the hell are you talking about? Your, your estimation of a great practice. Well, and those great practices, what are they actually going to do? Dave Z? They're going to run their own stuff. Um, and they're just going to run it kind of basic, but, uh, they'll run it. Um, because like game planning, makes no sense right now you have four possibilities now they have coaches that are working on like the this is where the lower level coaches make their money i mean they have they'll split them up and they'll say 
all right, you, 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 and you deal with the Cowboys, you guys, Bucks, and all that, and they'll, they'll work ahead that way. They'll advance scout those teams, but um, you can't game plan for four teams at once. So uh, it's basically get your fundamentals down. And we talked to Jason Kelsey after the game, and he said he appreciates this time because he gets to just worry about his technique and, and little things that he can rewatch his film and see what he's doing wrong, uh, kind of regardless of, of what the defense is doing. So that's what they'll use it for. And it's, it is valuable. Um, and you have this time, you might as well try to get the most value out of it as you can while you heal up. Yeah, it is. It, it's tremendously valuable because everybody else has got to play and they got to play in the playoffs and it's uh do or die. And, you know, when they shipped it to, to, to 14 teams in the playoffs, Dave, and they, they, scaled it back from one first round by to two first round uh, from two to one. I mean, that that's everything, right? That is everything The the road to the Super Bowl goes through Lincoln financial field. There's gotta be a sense of urgency, right? The Eagles have to take advantage of this spot. We talked about the coaching staff, uh, the number one seed. You don't always happen. That's one of the things I shake my head about not all Eagles fans, but certain Eagles fans. They set a franchise record for wins. They have a top five offense, a top five defense. Don't get used to this. This is special this season. Um, it's special, and I and the in the back of my mind is like, look at all these free agents too. I oh mean, yeah, you oh, don't know yeah. when you'll be back in this spot. No, and I always go back to Dan Marino. It was the second year he made the Super Bowl, and he said. Eh, you know, it was pretty easy for him. I think he threw for 5,000 yards that year. I'll be back. Never got back. Never. And that's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. Enjoy I... this run because it's not going to happen every year. Last one for me, Dave. Um, I had John look up before the show started where Pro Football Focus ranked the job that uh, the Eagles replacement right tackle did this past week. I, I got my own eyes. I watched again. I didn't think Jack Driscoll played all that well. He was like the ninth highest rated Eagle player out of the 22 guys that started, which is not terrible. It's kind of middle of the road. Ninth on offense. He was not. Uh, oh, ninth on offense. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was ninth of the 22. All right. So that's not good. Uh, so my eyes did not deceive me. I didn't think he had a great game. Uh, anytime you're replacing Lane Johnson, there's going to be a drop-off. There's no way you're holding up that standard when you're a backup player like Driscoll. But he hasn't even been as good as I thought he might be. Did the Eagles even contemplate getting my lot of some snaps at right tackle just in case this week? If Lane comes back, if Lane re-injures himself, are they just going to live and die with Jack Driscoll the rest of the way? Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad idea to get him a few. Um, because that lane injury, everyone's hoping he can play through it. It's going to be tough. And it, it just is. It's a tough injury to play through. Every, all your power comes from your abdomen when you're, when you're a player, especially an offensive lineman. So um, even if he plays, I don't know if he's going to be lane. But, you know, 75% of lane, you take that over the alternative. So he's going to try to tough it out. It's not a bad idea that I think, I think they're going to roll with Driscoll and you know, they don't help him a, a ton either. <laughs> no, uh, They, they kind of just say, well, we'll, we'll live with that. Yeah. He's going to get beat. Sometimes we'll live with that. 
it's it's scary at times because you're like, help them yeah. out. Give them, give them. You know, it's interesting, Dave. That's my one criticism of this coaching staff. I think, you know, next man up mentality is is good for, you know, optimism, and you know, you got to treat the guys. I always say coaches have to be optimistic, right? You can't be like, oh, woe is me. Jack Trisley's got to play. You can't act like that as a coach. You got to say, hey, next man up, go out and do it. But you also got to protect guys and realize. It's all the same thing with third and 30. You know, that Tampa 2 uh, uh, sort of uh, invert defense, that would have worked probably with Avante. You don't ask Josiah Scott to do that. You don't want Um, Josiah to have to cover that much ground? Yeah. Sprinting back at a sprinter's pay. Yeah, no, that didn't quite work out, right? I mean, Jack Driscoll, you don't expect him to be Lane Johnson. You might say, hey, Jack, go be Lane Johnson. But behind the scenes, you're like, uh, we got to help Jack out yeah. a little it's bit. It's tough because that's what makes this offense kind of tick is having two tackles. Yeah. You don't so, have to help. Like yeah. Even Mylotta hasn't have a, had a great year, but they don't help. Him. No. They're, no. Those tackles are out there on islands, and for the most part, they don't get beat that often. No. So it, if you have to start chipping a ton – it just changes the numbers. And the Eagles are all about the number game on offense. That's why they love Jalen on the backside, right? It's like if you can affect the numbers positively, you're going to be pretty aggressive and you're going to kind of put your, your foot to their throat. And when you have to keep helping a tackle, it kind of changes that a little bit. Dave, tell us when the latest Eagle Eye podcast was either just posted or the next one's going to be posted for the people who enjoy your work with Ruben Frank on the podcast. Uh, we are know. recording uh, Tuesday, today, uh, 2 p.m. Uh, yeah, so we'll have Tuesday, Thursday, and then we're going to do one uh, after we find out who the who the heck the Eagles are going to play next week. Understood. We'll be listening. We appreciate you jumping in with us today. We'll get you on during the playoffs again as well, buddy. Thanks. All right, guys. Take care. Dave Zingaro, NBC Sports, uh, Philadelphia, jumping in with us here on Birds. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac, coming back. Oh, we're going to put a bow on the show. Go for the beers. Go for the cheers. Go for the hit and the hits. Go for the scene. Go for the screens. Go for the gallery. Go for the win. Go to ocean. At Pond Lee Hockey, we've recovered billions of dollars for our clients, and we're confident we can do the same for you. With over 250 years of combined courtroom experience, we've helped over 100,000 injured clients obtain some of the largest settlements in Pennsylvania. One conversation is all it takes to help you and your family get back on track. If you've been injured in an accident, give Pond Lee Hockey a call. Number one, Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown is rolling back prices for a December to remember. For a limited time, you can own, not lease, brand new 2023 Jeep Wranglers for only $39.95 or $339 per month. New Rams starting at only $39.95 or new Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cabs $189 per month. Zero down can deliver. Get the price you want, the selection you need, and the VIP treatment you deserve. Jeff D'Ambrosio, Destination Downingtown, big finish sales event.
all know that taxes are just part of life. It's true during our working years, but also in retirement. But what you might not know is up to 85% of your Social Security benefits might be taxed. Our team at Thrive Financial has helped retire thousands of people across the Delaware Valley by asking questions they never knew they needed to ask, including how their Social Security benefits might be taxed. It's time to be proactive on taxes. Get your Thrive Retirement Tax Playbook today. With Seth Joyner. I knew that they had a running game. Derek Gunn. He has put in the effort. Devin Caney. Had we not won the Super Bowl, what would we be saying? And Mike Missanelli. Well, you know how Philly is. Post game, now streaming on the 6ABC family of apps. Jenny Mack, a little late with Dave Z, so we got to wrap this up pretty quickly. Um, prediction out of you. The Panderer-in-Chief will be in front of the media today. Uh, any specific prediction on direction that he go? Maybe a little Georgia action, tip of the cap to uh, his two defensive high draft picks this last year. By the way, I don't know if you're watching. Nicobe at the game last night. They got him on the uh, Yeah, I saw uh, Nicobe for Georgia. I don't know if Jordan – I didn't see Jordan. Jalen Rager was there, so Eagles fans were having fun with that, uh, TCU. Um, yeah, uh, not the best day for T. Hey, hey, but they made it there. I mean, give them credit for that. Agreed, but they just got uh, beat last night. A buddy of mine who also liked TCU, and I picked TCU, shame on me, uh, texted me and said, any chance Ladanian Tomlinson is available tonight? Wow. I said, they're so bad that they take Jalen Rager back right now at the TCU. Uh, little Eagles inside humor. Um, so uh, where, where's Nick going with the uh, wardrobe nah, today? I think it's uh, probably uh, uh, player-related. Uh, he, he, he wore the pave the lane uh, on uh, whenever it was, uh, Friday. Uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Jalen Hurts themed uh, okay. uh, T-shirt today, but he's gonna be on Zoom, so it's gonna super, be eagle related. Superhuman healer? Is that what you're? <laughs> you can't go down that route. Okay, just just double. Turns check out it. he's a human being. Yeah, His superpower so. though is the is the zone read. So they better get that that back into the offense. I need that superpower restored. All right, brother. I say uh, you and I again tomorrow. I know Gil will be almost working on another guest. Uh, you're going to do this with me two days from now? Let's do it. Back in two and two, 22 hours, that is. You've been listening to Birds 365, the destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365.